Thank you. Please be seated. Good morning and welcome. Wow, looks like the rain kept a few people home this morning. I'm glad for those of you who have made it out today. Thank you for gathering with us. We are beginning today a brand new sermon series in the book of Jonah. Jonah is one of the 12 minor prophets. And uh, if, if you're like a lot of other people, you're going to have a little trouble getting there right away. So if you're not 100% sure where the book of Jonah is, here's what we're going to do is make everybody feel comfortable. Everybody turn to the table of contents in your Bible right now. Everybody, that way nobody feels left out. So look, I'm at the table of contents in mine, the book of Jonah, because look, it's okay to not know. That's not a problem. It's just not okay to stay that way, all right? So the book of Jonah... If you'll go, and you you might see Daniel, Hosea, Joel, Amos, Obadiah, and then Jonah. And then in my Bible, that's on page 767. Yours won't be the same page, but you can go ahead and turn there, okay? So we're going to be in the book of Jonah, chapter 1. And then what you can do is stick a piece of paper in there, and then next Sunday it'll be a little easier for you to find it, okay? See, I even had my page marked. You are not a sinner or a pagan for marking your page. It's okay. All right? Okay. Again, thank you so much for being here. My name is Craig, and I'm the senior pastor here. I want to reiterate what Adam said. We do have a Next Steps class this afternoon at 4 o'clock. Um, I would correct just one thing, e- even if you don't get to speak to me or him or somebody else, please show up anyway. If you've got any interest in what it might be like to be a member of Malvern Hill, uh, if you've visited with us one time or a hundred times and you're just like, hey, maybe this is something I'd like to be a part of, we'd love to have you. We meet in the conference room right outside that door right there. So uh, I, would in- I would invite you to be here with me at four o'clock this afternoon. Now, we're beginning a four-week sermon series in the book of Jonah. So four weeks, that's right, we're going to actually cover one chapter a week over the course of the next four weeks, which means some of these sermons are going to be really full. Um, but the reality is that if we break it down too much more than that, we, we, we might get some, some more precise sermons. We sort of lose some of the body of the book of Jonah. So we're going to take it in big chunks at a time. Uh, over the course of the next four weeks, I'm, I'm not gonna. We're, we're, you're gonna. You're gonna not get one of those introductory sermons that kind of gives you big picture. We're gonna give you big pictures as we move through and introduce each part as it comes about. But here's what I want you to know: the Book of Jonah is so real for us today. As a matter of fact, my prayer over and over this week, I kid you not, my prayer has been, God, don't let me mess this up. Right? I mean, Jonah chapter 1 lays out so perfectly for all of us. I just keep praying, God, the only thing that could make this a bad sermon is me, so please don't let me mess this up on Sunday morning. I prayed it this morning before 5 o'clock, and I'm going to pray it again in just a minute. But I'm going to ask you if you would stand with me in honor of God's Word. We're going to read the first six verses um, and then we're going to read verses, uh, verse 17, and we'll, we'll pick up the other part in, in, the, in, in the middle of the sermon, okay? Now the word of the Lord came to Jonah, the son of Amittai, saying, Arise, go to Nineveh, that great city, and call out against it. For their evil has come up before me. But Jonah rose to flee to Tarshish from the presence of the Lord. He went down to Joppa and found a ship going to Tarshish, so he paid the fare and went down into it to go with them to Tarshish, away from the presence of the Lord. But the Lord hurled a great wind upon the sea, and there was a mighty tempest on the sea, so that the ship threatened to break up. 
Then the mariners were afraid, and each cried out to his God. And they hurled the cargo that was in the ship into the sea to lighten it for them. But Jonah had gone down into the inner part of the ship and had lain down and was fast asleep. So the captain came and said to him, What do you mean, you sleeper? Arise, call out to your God. Perhaps the God will give a thought to us so that we may not perish. Hey, if y'all are okay, let's just keep going. If you have to sit down, it's okay, I understand. But for those of you who can stand, let's just keep reading. And they said to one another, Come, let us cast lots that we may know on whose account this evil has come upon us. So they cast lots, and the lot fell on Jonah. Then they said to him, Tell us on whose account this evil has come upon us. What is your occupation, and where do you come from? What is your country, and of what people are you? And he said to them, I am a Hebrew, and I fear the Lord, the God of heaven, who made the sea and the dry land. Then the men were exceedingly afraid and said to him, What is this that you have done? For the men knew that he was fleeing from the presence of the Lord because he had told them. Then they said to him, What shall we do to you that the sea might quiet down for us? For the sea grew more and more tempestuous. Then he said to them, Pick me up and hurl me into the sea, and the sea will quiet down for you. For I know it is because of me that this great tempest has come upon you. Nevertheless, the men rode hard to get back to dry land, but they could not, for the sea grew more and more tempestuous against them. Therefore they called out to the Lord, O Lord, let us not perish for this man's life, and lay not on us innocent blood. For you, O Lord, have done as it pleased you. So they picked up Jonah and hurled him into the sea, and the sea ceased from its raging. Then the men feared the Lord exceedingly, and they offered a sacrifice to the Lord and made vows. Look at verse 17. And the Lord appointed a great fish to swallow up Jonah, and Jonah was in the belly of the fish three days and three nights. Y'all, Jonah had an appointment that God wasn't going to let him miss. Let's pray together. Father God, I pray you wouldn't let me mess this sermon up. Father God, I pray that your word would be real and alive, that we would see the grace of God, the mercy of God, and the absolute futility, Lord God, of resisting. May, Lord God, we be turned towards you in Jesus' name. Amen. Just this week, a man set a brand new record. He ran a marathon in less than two hours. Y'all see that? That comes out about four and a half minutes a mile. Y'all, I've never ran one mile under five minutes. I've never ran one mile under six minutes. I've never ran one mile under seven minutes in all of my life. And I'm pretty sure I've only ever ran one mile under eight minutes. And that's because I went running with Jacob Mathis one time and he almost killed me. True story. Jacob's one of our college students now, but we were uh, at camp at Infuge, and we went for a run, and I thought I was going to die. And he's looking at me like, what is your problem? I'm, I'm, I'm y'all, I'm, my tongue's hanging out, I'm sweating, it was miserable. We got back, I sweated, for, I kid you not, I sweated for an hour. An hour. He didn't even break a sweat. I was so frustrated. It's not easy being fat. But, but I, I'm not, I, I enjoy running some, but I, I, I don't think you could call me a runner. Right? I'm more of a jogger, and, and I'm like a fair weather kind of jogger. It's almost too cold for me to run already. I, I like to run when it is 80 and above. Anything below that, I, I, I like to sweat when I run. When I finish, I want to know that I did something. 
I don't run in the rain unless I get caught in the rain. You understand? I don't put a t- Angela will put on like a toboggan and gloves and a coat and go out and run when it's cold. And I'm just like, why? Why do you do that? But she, she's committed. Some of y'all are committed like that. I, I, I'll drive down um, uh, um, Littleton in the mornings early sometimes, and I see these people. And they're out there, and, and it's so cold. There's frost on the ground, and, and they're running, and, and they're smiling. And that's what I can't understand. There's a joy. Well, this morning I want to talk about running, but I want to talk about that kind of running. I want to talk about the kind of running that all of us do sometimes. I'm talking about like the kind of running when you're scared. Everybody know what that's like? You ever, you ever walked on water? They say only one person ever did it, but I saw a shark in the water one time, and I'm going to tell you something, folks. I think I walked on top of the water getting out of there. Scared me to death. My brother and I were out about knee-deep, and that thing swam up beside us, and, folks, we got gone in a hurry. We're going to see in a minute that Jonah got up and left. We got up and left. Sometimes we run when we're afraid, but the Bible says in the book of Proverbs that the wicked run when no one pursues them. Are you running today? Are you running? Not running from a shark. Are you running from the Lord today? Perhaps you're running from commitments today. Perhaps you're running from fear today. Who knows? But just are you running? See, here's what I know the way the Lord works. When I asked this morning, are you running? There's a bunch of you today. I didn't have to fill in the, in the blank. You just went, boom, he caught me. Nailed it. But you know what? I didn't. just want to keep you in mind because I didn't even know you were going to be here. But the Lord brought you here. Jonah had an appointment that God was not going to allow him to miss. And I believe that you're here today because God had an appointment for you. And if you're running today, you might have just discovered the same thing Jonah discovered. You might have just, just discovered that you ran as far from the Lord as you could get. And instead what happened is you ran right into his arms. Folks, I want you to know that we are all Jonah. Every single one of us. Initially, I titled this, I am Jonah. And then I titled it, you are Jonah. And then I realized that we are all Jonah. At some point in our lives, we have fled the Lord. We have run not to the Lord, we have run from the Lord. We are all Jonah. If you're here today and you don't know the Lord, you are Jonah. If you're here today and you do know the Lord, you have been Jonah. And if you're here today and you are walking lockstep with the Lord, listen to me, you are not immune from disobedience. You might become Jonah tomorrow. You say, Craig, I would never do that. <laughs> Let me give you a list real quick. Adam and Eve disobeyed the Lord. Noah got drunk. Abraham was a liar a bunch of times. Isaac didn't listen. Jacob was a cheater. Joseph was an arrogant kid. Moses disobeyed the Lord and struck the rock two times. 
David took advantage of a woman and killed her husband. Solomon was carried away by his lust for women and wealth. Peter denied Jesus. The apostles ran and hid. Are you better than all of these? We are all Jonah. And we all run the risk of looking just like Jonah tomorrow or next week or next year or in the next 10 minutes. Because some of you are going to run the risk of running from the Lord in the middle of this sermon. As the Lord speaks His word to you, there's going to be the risk that you would say no. And I'm here to tell you that it is a dangerous and fearful thing to fall into the hands of the living God. Be careful. Be careful. You're not immune from disobedience. Even as a believer, you are not immune. Well, so I want you to know that Jonah was a believer, but he still disobeyed. There's nothing in this story that says The Bible says that Jonah was a prophet. It says that we get the, the story of Jonah's call to prophecy right here. Okay, So it's more than likely. Now, it's not impossible that God called a pagan into his service and he ran for a while. But I, I believe in my understanding and my reading of this that Jonah was a prophet of the Lord, that he belonged to the Lord. Right? Jonah's Jonah's prophecies were not all quite this hard. We can read back in the book of 2 Kings that Jonah gave a prophecy that the, the, the territory of, of, of Judah would be expanded, and that actually happened. So Jonah had some pretty good prophecies. Jonah was able to go, hey, good things are going to happen, and those things actually came to pass. But in this particular case, the Bible says that Jonah received a word from the Lord and he was told to go to Nineveh. Now here's what I want you to know. We believe, or I believe at least, that Jonah was a believer. Okay, He claimed to be a Hebrew. He was the very least a Jew. And, and to some degree it appears as though he was probably a faithful Jew. Right? He loved the Lord. Let's just go so far as to say he loved the Lord. Do we, does it say it doesn't tell us that? But, but let's just assume if we might... At the very least, he knew enough about the Lord to know the Lord's voice when the Lord came to him. At the very least, at the very best, he loved the Lord a whole lot. And in this place, perhaps Jonah's having his quiet time. The Bible says that the word of the Lord came to him. Now, we know that there are times when the word of the Lord has come and just struck people right in the face. God blinded Saul on the road to Damascus and gave him his word. But oftentimes, the word of the Lord came to prophets in the middle of their prayers or in other times. And so, strong possibility that Jonah is in the presence of the Lord, spending time with the Lord, and the word of the Lord came to Jonah. Now, I want us to notice that Jonah doesn't say, Is that you, Lord? The Bible says that Elijah was a little concerned. He was a little confused because he listened over and over and over for the Lord. And it was not until in that still small voice in the middle of the storm that he finally heard it. Now, perhaps there have been times in your life when you went, Lord, is this what you would have me to do? Probably all of us could say there's been certain situations in your life when you believed the Lord was leading you into a direction, but you said, God, I'm just not sure. Nothing in the text of Scripture suggests to us that Jonah is in one of those moments where he's going, God, I just don't know. God, what do you want me to do? The Bible says the word of the Lord came to Jonah and it said, go to Nineveh. Folks, how many times have you gone to the word of the Lord and it has said, do this, and you said, I don't think so. How many 
times have you tried to twist God's word into being something less than black and white so that you could feel better about your disobedience? How many times have you tried to make the black and white word of God a little bit more gray so that you could walk that fine line and not feel guilty? Folks, there was no gray area in Jonah's life. The word of the Lord came to Jonah and said, Go to Nineveh. Period. Jonah heard the word of the Lord, and Jonah said, Nah. See, the Bible says... That God said literally, rise and go. But instead, Jonah rose and fled. Jonah got up and got out of town. He left, y'all. He left. Now, we don't know for sure where Tarshish was, okay? Here's what we do know. We know that Nineveh is somewhere around Baghdad. Some of y'all have been there before. It's not a good place for y'all today either. Wasn't a great place for them in that day. It's about 500 to 550 miles northeast of Jerusalem is the ancient city of Nineveh. Instead of going northeast, what we know is that Jonah went to the Mediterranean Sea. Now, if you could imagine a map, okay, let me turn so y'all can look with me. This is east, right? This way. So up in here somewhere is Nineveh. God says, Jonah, go up up here, like up there towards that, that screen. Go that way. But instead, what Jonah says is, you know, Lord, I hear what you're saying, but I think instead of going there, I'm going to go that way. How far did he go? We don't know. Like in my study Bible, I loved the map. The map says Mediterranean Sea, and then it's just got an arrow pointing that way, and it just says Tarshish, because we're not 100% sure where it was. We just know it's way out yonder somewhere. Jonah said, you know what, God, I hear what you're saying, but instead of going that way, I'm going to go as far away from your will, from your plan, from your desire, from your commandments, and your expectation as I possibly can oh yeah we're all Jonah because we've all been there haven't we he knew exactly what the Lord said to do but Jonah said no now it's interesting the Bible doesn't say that Jonah simply disobeyed the word of the Lord the Bible because it's this really just jumped out at me this week the Bible says that he fled from the Lord. Now I told you the righteous flee when no one is or excuse me, the unrighteous flee when none are pursuing them. Now nobody at this moment is pursuing Jonah. Why in the world did Jonah feel the need to flee from the presence of the Lord? There's a few options in here. Now the text doesn't tell us why. But let's give a few options. It's possible, first of all, that he knew it was a terrifying thing, a dreadful thing to fall into the hands of the living God. He needed to get as far away as possible. Okay? Maybe. Maybe Jonah was just the prodigal son all over again. You want me to do that? I'm going to do the exact opposite of exactly what it is that you've called me to do, Lord. Here's what we know. We know that Jonah chose to live in disobedience. He didn't fall into sin. 
He didn't accidentally end up there. He chose to live in disobedience. Folks, how do we know when we choose to live in disobedience? When we have a clear word from the Lord and we choose to live opposite of that clear word. Are you a Christian today living in disobedience? Are you a follower of Jesus who isn't following very closely today? See, it's possible to belong to Jesus and not be walking lockstep in fellowship with Jesus. But maybe you're living in a different kind of disobedience. Maybe you're not a Christian at all today. Perhaps you're walking in absolute disobedience to the Lord because you just don't like his plans. See, the Bible says that Jonah fled. Watch this. To disobey God's word is to run from God's presence. To disobey God's word is to run from God's presence. You cannot expect to receive blessing from the Lord if you are living in disobedience to the word of the Lord. You are not living faithfully to God's expectation for your life if you are not living in obedience to God's word given for your good and for His glory. Folks, I'm curious, how often do you really not understand the word of the Lord? But how often is it that we understand and we just don't like the word of the Lord? As parents, we know this full well, don't we? What did I say? Well, but I didn't. No, no, no. What did I say? Well, but I... No, no, no. What did I say? You said don't climb on the roof of the house. Well, why are you up there? Well, because I I thought. That's where you got into trouble, right? You thought. I didn't ask you to think. I just asked you to listen and to obey. Jonah wasn't asked to think about anything. Rise, go to Nineveh, and warn them about the impending doom. Jonah says, I don't really like Nineveh. We're going to get into more later about why he didn't like them. It doesn't really matter, though. Do you understand? The only thing that matters is for us to understand that Jonah had his own agenda. But God had a different plan. All right, so first of all, pay attention. You're not immune from disobedience. You are not immune from disobedience. Peter said, Jesus, they might all fall away. But you don't have to worry about me, Jesus. I'm the one. Remember who you're talking to. I've been with you through thick and thin. Listen, I'm the one that got out of the boat. I came to you on the water. I'm the one that said you are the Christ, the Son of the living God. You've already said it. I'm the rock on which the church is going to be built. Jesus, I'll be there. Jesus said, before the rooster crows, you will deny me three times. Are you better than Peter? No. Beware. You are not immune from disobedience. Number two this morning, you can run, but you can't hide. You can't escape the presence of God. Do you know that? You can't escape the presence of God because he's omni. He's omni what? He's, omni, he's omnipotent. He's all-powerful. 
He's omniscient. He's all-knowing. He knows everything, and he is omnipresent. He is always at all times present in all places. Buster read to us this morning from Psalm 139, and in 139 he says, Where can I flee from your presence? If I go up to heaven, you're there. If I make my bed in the depths, you're there. Lord, if I go to the east, you're there. If I go to the west, God, you're everywhere. Jonah discovered that, didn't he? Jonah tried to get out of town, but getting out of town didn't matter anything because God wasn't confined to Jonah's town. He is everywhere. You know who else discovered that? The sailors discovered that. Now, it's interesting because when they went to Jonah, they said, Who are you? Where did you come from? And what is your occupation? You want to see how hard Jonah's running? He says, I'm a Hebrew and I serve the Lord. You know what he didn't do? He didn't tell him his occupation. He wasn't about to admit that he was a prophet of the living God. Why? Because even though God had unleashed his fury on that ship, Jonah was still not ready to repent. Folks, listen to me. Be careful. We all assume, well, when it gets bad, we'll turn, or when I get old, I'll do this. Listen to me. We can be hard-hearted, real hard-hearted. Jonah is fearing for his life, and he's still not willing to tell those men what in the world he's doing and who he is. I'm a Hebrew, and I fear the Lord. Now, he's not going to walk away from that because they want to know who he is. But for him to say, I'm a Hebrew, and I fear the Lord, understand that when he said, I am a Hebrew, the men already knew that, that the Lord, Yahweh, the God of gods, the God of Israel, was his God. But watch what happens. They cast lots and it comes to him and it says, Jonah, you, you got to tell us what's going on, brother. We found you asleep under the deck. Y'all, do you know that you can grow so comfortable in your disobedience that it won't even bother you anymore? You can grow so comfortable in your sin that you will no longer feel conviction. As a matter of fact, it's the most dangerous place in the world. Imagine being asleep when a ship is about to sink. Some of you are sleeping right now, and the ship of your life is going under. Wake up. Wake up. Open your eyes. Look around. The sailors came and they said, what are you doing? We're going to die. Jonah gets up and they said, we've cast lots. We don't really know what that means. We don't. Were they drawing straws, throwing dice? We don't know 100% sure. Whatever it was, they had done something, and and they they believed that through that, that that they had gotten a direction from the gods, and and obviously the Lord had intervened in this particular circumstance and situation and said, he's the one. And they went, they said, you're the one. What in the world's going on? And Jonah says, I'm a Hebrew. You know what? Why don't y'all just throw me over? I think everything will be all right. I think everything's going to be just fine. Y'all throw me out. Oh, they're just like, huh, what? what? Imagine how stupid he sounds, because he didn't tell me he's a prophet, because he's still not going to do that. He says, throw me out. They go, whoa, 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 your God is about to sink the boat. Like, you, we've met this guy now. We, we got an idea what his power is. And you're saying that if we'll throw you into the water, that he'll leave us alone? We don't want to make him any more angry than he already is. So they throw over everything else. They begin to row harder and harder. But here's the thing. Jonah is a prophet whether he wants to be one or not. You know what that means? That means he knew God's will whether he wanted to know it or not. Folks, as a believer in the Lord Jesus Christ, you got the Holy Spirit whether you wanted it or not. You've got God's Word whether you want it or not in this particular moment. And God's Word is instructive for your life whether you like it or not. And you know right from wrong nine times out of ten. Jonah said, if you'll throw me into the heart of the sea, everything will be all right. 
But these mariners, these sailors, they say, oh, no, 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 we ain't doing that. We will, we will get away from this God. And so they rode harder. We got to just get some distance between us and him. Well, what they discovered is the harder they rode, the worse it got because you can run, but you can't hide. You can't outrun the hand of God. The sailors discovered that right in the middle of God's fury, God was still there. Look at who who they cried out to. The Bible says in verse 13, they rode hard to get back to dry land, but they could not for the sea grew more and more tempestuous against them. Therefore they called out, O Lord, let us not perish for this man's life and lay not on us innocent blood. Folks, right there in the middle of the storm, in the middle of God's fury, God was still there and they knew it. Folks, are you in the middle of God's fury right now? Are you in the middle of the storm of your own making? Are you in the middle of God's judgment? Do you know that God hasn't left you? He has not forsaken you. And He is as near as your next prayer. The sailors cried out. But listen to Jonah as the storm screamed and rocked the boat. He still didn't give in completely, folks. Why are you here? He said, I know I can't ride. He knew he couldn't hide. But what did Jonah keep doing? The sailors are going, God help us. But Jonah's continuing to run. Jonah's continuing to run. And so finally they've had enough. They said, we're going to throw you in. I wonder, and I don't know this for sure, but I wonder if Jonah just said, I'm a prophet of the Lord. And I have a command of the Lord. And I need you to take me back home. But it seems as though Jonah said, rather than face what it is that the Lord would have for me, just throw me into the water. Because honestly, I think I'd rather face that than get back to where I came from and go to Nineveh. Throw me overboard. The Lord will leave y'all alone. He'll deal with me. The sailors knew that it was a terrible thing to fall into the hands of the living God. But Jonah knew this. Jonah knew he couldn't hide. And so finally Jonah gave in and they picked him up and they hurled him into the heart of the sea. Folks, you can run, but you can't hide from the Lord. You can run, but you can't hide from the Lord. Does God have a plan for your life? Absolutely. Will he have his way in your life? Yeah. You get to choose. You get to choose whether or not God gets his way in a comfortable way or whether or not God gets his way anyway. You can run, but you can't hide. You know what else this morning? You can't stop the grace and the mercy of God. You know what you can't stop God from doing? You can't stop God from loving you. Do you know that? You cannot stop God from loving you. You can try. You can spit in His face. You can run away. You can hide. You can disobey. Need I remind you that while we were yet sinners, Christ died. Not while we were begging for forgiveness. Not while we were looking to God. While we were sinners. While we were running, Christ died. Jonah ran from God. He did everything he could to avoid obeying God's word. He didn't just ignore God's word. He did the exact opposite. This is God's prodigal child. He considered God's commandment. He did the exact opposite. This is Lieutenant Dan climbing the mast of the ship in Forrest Gump in the middle of the storm and cursing the Lord. 
This is a wayward child living in promiscuity because their parents expected holiness. This is the angry husband drinking a whole bottle of liquor because their wife asked him not to drink. This is the scorned wife running up a credit card bill because her husband not to, asked him not to buy any new clothes. This is the exact opposite of what the right thing to do is. And yet in the middle of that, the Bible says that God loved him anyway. You can't stop God from loving you. You can't stop God from pursuing you. God sent a fish, a big fish, with one purpose. Now, I think it should go without explanation for y'all to understand that I believe this to be 100% true. I don't believe this is a parable. I don't believe this is figurative. I believe that there is a fish that came up and swallowed Jonah and swallowed him whole. And I believe that in the belly of that fish, Jonah had three days. And in those three days, he didn't see corruption. In those three days, his body didn't decay. In those three days, he wasn't he wasn't broken physically but he was destroyed mentally and spiritually and in that place God got his attention I believe that God sent a fish because God wasn't finished with Jonah I believe that God sent a fish because God had an appointment for Jonah and Jonah wasn't interested in getting there and I believe that God let Jonah live in the belly of that fish for three days so that Jonah could learn what it was that God needed him to know so that Jonah could listen so that Jonah could grow folks have you ever had an appointment from the Lord but you sat in God's waiting room for a while? Have you ever had an appointment from the Lord, but God put you in the belly of the fish for a while, and in the belly of that fish, Lord did some things to you. He changed you. He got your attention. You can't outrun the love of God. He'll send a fish to swallow you in the middle of the ocean because he's got a plan for you. Has God ever done something that was so crazy, so unexpected, so unbelievable to get your attention that you just stepped back and you said, I can't believe you did that? Has God ever loved you enough to save you from the middle of your own despair? Has God ever loved you enough to swallow you up in the ocean of your helplessness and your helplessness and to set you back on the firm, solid ground that is Christ Jesus? Oh, that's the kind of God we serve. Why is it hard for me to mess this sermon up? Because it's nothing but the gospel of Jesus Christ. This is what he does, and this is who he is. Jonah had an appointment with the Lord, and the Lord was going to make sure that Jonah arrived. What is your appointment with God? You ready for this? Some of you have an appointment with God today, right now, right here. A fish didn't have to swallow you to get you here. Instead, God made your car start. How many of you, don't raise your hand. Don't raise your hand. But I'm curious if there's anybody here today who wasn't planning to be here and something changed and you're here anyway. Did somebody call and get you up out of bed this morning? You, I don't really want to go, but I guess I'll show up. Any of you have a kid that woke you up like this close to your face? Mommy, are we going to church this morning? And you went, ugh. Anybody? I'm just curious. Did any of you have some unexpected events take place to cause you to be here? Can I tell you that maybe that's the fish that God sent to get you right where he wants you to be? How many of you were dead set on running from the Lord this morning and instead God brought you right here? How about this? How many of you have been running for a long time and today God spits you out right in this place to hear the word of the Lord? The Bible says that Jonah ran from the word of the Lord. How many of you have run from the word of the Lord only to discover that at the end of it, God brought you right back in the middle of it? 
Oh, you've been running from God and you shut up for this sermon and you think it's just an accident or a coincidence. You have lost your mind. God brought you here today because God's got an appointment. So I ask you this morning, are you running? Are you running? Will you stop? Through the prophet Isaiah, long before Jesus would ever be born, God prophesied these words. We all like sheep have gone astray. Each of us has turned to his own way. But the Lord has laid upon him the iniquity of us all. We're all Jonah. You're Jonah. I'm Jonah. Some of you are Jonah as believers and you're not walking with the Lord. Some of you are unbelievers though. Some of you, would, if you were willing to just be honest, would say, you know what, Pastor Craig, I, I hear what you're saying, but the reality is I have loved my sin. I have not desired the things of the Lord, but Craig, today, I need God to change my life. You see, some of you are in the middle of a storm. Your life is a wreck, isn't it? Some of you have lives that are in absolute wreck and you've thrown all the cargo overboard. You've rode hard against the waves, but what you discover is that you're going nowhere and the storm is getting worse. Folks, perhaps the Lord is trying to get your attention. Will you jump out of the boat today? Peter jumped out of the boat and the Lord allowed him to walk on the water. Jonah was thrown out of the boat and God caught him in the mouth of a fish and spit him out on dry land. You can trust him. Your boat will sink, but Christ will sail forever. You can trust Him. Will you come today? Will you come, believer? Believer, will you come and say, I've walked in disobedience far too long. Lord God, take me and lead me. And God, would you come today? Would you say, Lord, I've read your word, but I have ignored it. I've avoided it. I've, Lord God, I've disobeyed out of spite. But Lord God, would you forgive me? You know what's awesome? He will. Do you know that God doesn't hold grudges? Do you know that? You don't get to come, you don't come and, 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 and repent before the Lord, and the Lord goes, All right, well, I'll forgive you, but I'm going to bring this up every chance I can over the next 25 years. He said, Peter, do you love me? You know I do, Lord. Feed my sheep. Peter, do you love me? You know I do, Lord. And get to work. You know, we never hear it mentioned again, do we? Because even though you can't stop God from loving you, you can't make Him remember your sin. Because the blood of Jesus is enough to cover it all. Perhaps you've hidden for far too long. And maybe today the Lord's made it very apparent to you that you can't hide. You've run as far as you could run, but you found out that at the end of that, God was still there. Because if you go up to heaven, he's there. If you make your bed in the depths, he's still there. Maybe today you've learned. Maybe today you've been reminded that you can't stop God's mercy. He loves you. We're going to sing that in just a minute, aren't we? He loves you. Oh, how he loves will you come today and allow God to love you
Will you come today and allow Jesus to love you? To forgive you for your sin? Perhaps you'd come today and allow Jesus to love away the pain of the sin that's been committed against you. That's the power of God's love. Not only can He forgive you and will He forgive you of your own sin, the power of God's love is that He can erase the pain and the stain of the sins committed against you. Will you come today? Will you stop running? Will you stop disobeying? Will you start trusting? Will you come today and allow the mercy and the grace and the love of God to wash over you, to save you, to change you? Your life might feel more like a shipwreck today. But I know the one who is the master of the sea and he stands ready to save you. As we stand and as we sing, will you come today? Will you come? Let's pray together. Father in heaven, Lord, thank you for loving us in the name of Jesus, in the person of Jesus, through the shed blood of Jesus, through the power of Jesus. I pray that your Holy Spirit would be at work among us today as we sing of your love towards us. In Christ's name, amen. Stand